Everybody hold on! Peter Travis of Rolling Stone calls speed. Die Hard on a bus. The thrill ride of summer. David Denby of New York Magazine calls it a summer season masterpiece. And Anthony Lane of the New Yorker calls it the movie of the year. Florida. Keanu Reeves, Dennis Hopper, Sandra Bullock. Speed rated R. Starts tomorrow in theaters everywhere. This is It Happened One Year, a look back at the events big and small, famed and forgotten from 1994. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Uh, we're here uh, again. Woo. So the slight difference with this one as, com- as compared to some of the others we've been talking about lately is we happen to currently be on vacation. <laughs> as much of a vacation as you can consider it. Yeah, it's very much a COVID vacation. Yeah. So we did rent a house in September for a couple of days in the suburbs, and now we've rented a house for a couple of days again, and we're currently in Geneva, Illinois, because we can't go anywhere, and you know, there's we're not going to go to a restaurant, there's nothing open. If there were, had been museums and things open, we wouldn't be in Geneva, Illinois. I managed to uh, convince Sarah that what we should do is obviously let's record some episodes, so we have them. Here we are. I mean, look, uh, there's nothing else to be doing. And I always enjoy uh, talking to you and recording with you. So it, it feels like a vacation. I'm just doing it from a different location. And right. I'll, I'll tell you, my view right now is much prettier than our spare bedroom, which is my view, not only when we podcast, but while I work. Yeah. So it's all the time. So yeah, I appreciate that. And I mean, really, we've been sitting around talking this whole weekend anyway. So let's just put some of it on tape. Yeah. So but because of that, I decided that instead of really concretely like p- picking topics and getting a theme, this is more of a dealer's choice type episode. So what yep. we're going to do is we're going to spin the wheel and see if I, it's my choice or if it's your choice. Yep. And we'll go from there. So here we go. And oh, it looks like it's your choice. Yes. Sarah wins. Oh, oh, I'm so excited. Well done. Okay, good. Because I, I didn't really want to talk about some rando book that came out in 1994 that is significant because of like how it impacted like four comedians' careers. Like that was just my guess about what you would have chosen. That was basically what I had ready to go. 1994 was a great year. Lots of good stuff happened. But we're going to talk about the absolute best thing that happened to me that year and maybe ever, <laughs> uh, which is the movie Speed. And that's what that's what we're gonna cover. So, Speed came out in 1994. Star, you guys know this, but starring uh, Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock, directed by Jan Dubont. You know, bus, 50 miles an hour, bomb, elevator, bomb, a train, bomb. Um, that movie and was the bomb. It was the. Damn it! I wish I thought of that joke. Um, well <laughs> done. It is one of my top five favorite movies of all time. I would say. What are the other um, four? Go. My favorite movie of all time is When Harry Met Sally. Uh, it, the others change around in position, but uh, The Emperor's New Groove is in there. Twister is in there. Another Yandabon classic. And the fifth movie varies. I often actually can't remember what it is. So that's how much time I spend thinking about my favorite movies. It's the first X-Files movie, right? Oh, yeah. 
Probably. I mean, it's got to, that's got to be in there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. And then, or it's the second X-Files movie either way. Ugh. <laughs> but anyway, that's not what we're talking about today. Cause that no. did not come out in 1994. Right. Um, so yes, speed, amazing film, best film ever, I think is a safe way to, to, to describe it. So this house that we've rented is this goddamn palace out here in the suburbs because we just wanted space. We live in an apartment in Chicago, so we thought space would be nice. And this place happens to have this movie cinema room that they've built. It's the greatest. uh, In the basement, which is incredible. So last night, we're trying to figure out what to watch. And like, it's mostly, it's all streaming services and we're going through to see what they have. And we're like, we'll watch an action movie, watch something big. And of course, Sarah's like, well, we should watch Speed. Because she always is like, we should watch Speed. Yeah. Well, so it's a little more context, too, is we've been here. That was our third night here. We've watched a three a movie each night in that room. And uh, Joe was nice enough to allow us to watch fairly Sarah-centric movies now all three nights. So the first night we watched um, the new Amy Poehler. I'm a big Amy Poehler fan. The new Amy Poehler Netflix release, Moxie, which was fine. Fine. Um, then we watched Inside Out, which seemed happy. But Joe was like, "We want. I want to watch a cinematic, like a movie that is exciting and should be seen on the big screen. And obviously, it's speed. Like, I don't even, I, I, I couldn't, once that occurred to me, could not even think of other movies that we could possibly watch. Nothing. So, I mean, really, while it's one of your, like, five favorite movies, Speed's always been a movie I really like. And in, in the recent recounting of all of my favorite films located over at knowinglyundersold.com, Speed came in at 63rd, which doesn't seem super high, but it's a list of 400 movies, so it's pretty high. Yeah. That's, and that's high so price. I've always had a Speed thing. I'm fully on board with this. Yeah. Yeah, like you can make a case for Speed as the the greatest action movie of the 90s of that year and maybe ever. Like Speed is just a nonstop, you know, roller coaster of a movie. There's not really, I think, a lot of movies that compare well with Speed because even though Speed isn't a character heavy movie, you do like the character. Like the characters are fun because of the, the people they've put in these roles and just the way the movie's constructed. It really works well. The, honestly, the movie that it's most similar to just pure action wise, I think, is Raiders of the Lost Ark because Raiders is just nonstop action. Like there yeah. are scenes that build a little bit of character, but the action sequences are so long and so involved that it really does just rip the movie right along. Yeah. Uh, and Speed is the same way. Like Speed, there's barely, what, a couple minutes before something blows up. You know, I think they're on the bus for most of the movie, but even like no. think the beginning, the opener, like it's like the credits in the elevator shaft, and then that guy gets stabbed in the in the brain. Yeah, it's like in the first minute of the movie after the yeah. credits. Right. The only part of the movie I can think of really where that's not just constant action is after the elevator sequence before the bus. You've got yeah. like there's that sequence where they're giving them medals and they go for drinks and they go for drinks, and that's what five minutes maybe. And that's just all like jokes and cops like, you know, screwing around and, you know, and then that's it. Like from that point on, it is nonstop action. Yeah. And I just think that that's that's a really hard thing to pull off in a movie to maintain that level of just consistent action. Yeah. I read something saying about how hard this movie is to put on network television because they don't know where to put the commercials because the commercials (laughs) grew up the timing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, And that makes sense. You think about it like there are there's like rising beats and they keep hitting these plateaus when things happen but you know maybe after the bus makes that jump 
Yeah. But even then it goes right to the airport. Like it, yeah. it, there's not really a lot of time. Yeah. Because they're like landing and they're still like recovering from the fact that they landed. And he's talking about getting off the highway to go to the airport, Yeah, which is like, A, there's no way a highway is that broken, that close to the airport. Right. Because everyone has to go to the airport all the time. Right. Yeah. But you're right. It rolls into you're barely recovered from the last action sequence and they're starting the next one they're yeah. doing the setup to get you into the next one exactly like there's no no time to waste yeah and which is why that movie just blasts by like when we were watching it the other night we got up at one point to like get another drink or whatever and it was an hour into the movie and i could not believe we had watched more than half of the movie because it yeah. just runs right by yeah and really once they get on the bus like the elevator sequence and the the subway sequence at the end i think don't get kind of the credit they deserve because those are both yeah. really good sequences yeah yeah it's just that the bus it's the movie's about the bus so yeah, yeah. the bus sequence that takes up the whole middle of the film uh, is just such great nonstop just tension and 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 excitement it's really an amazing thing yeah and yeah it's it's not something i think you see a lot where you can even have a lot of action movies that could even try and do something like this now they were popular around that time like that was the yeah. time for this sort of movie and now you don't really see a lot of pure disaster action movies anymore it's mostly like superhero type movies yeah. which are just different like you've got to build up the characters correctly to make everything work the stories and, are more complex like yeah have something that you care about going on yeah but this was really like from Die Hard, basically through the 90s. So like those those 12 years, maybe you really have a lot of this sort of action movie. But this is kind of the quintessential 90s yeah. action movie in yeah. a year where you had True Lies, which is also a great action movie. Yeah. But True Lies is so extreme. It's almost like a parody of an action movie. And I think yeah. that was the point of it. Like that's that's why that movie is so bonkers. But that old movie also has like tons of big CGI style effects and 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 just wacky stuff happening. Where Speed is almost a pure practical effects movie. Yeah, like there is some CGI in it, but there's no, it's so seamless it's and it's mostly yeah. just in like the fact that the elevator shaft was a set; it wasn't an elevator. You know, things like yeah. that. Where yeah, you know, they were and, and the, and the, the subway I, obviously at the end. I think the yeah, but I also think, that, but even a lot of that was models, um, yeah. actually, and not. I think the other thing they point to with the CGI uh, other than the elevator is the jump. Like that's really right. the, where they use the most CGI in the bus sequence because, yeah. because the jump itself is so impractical. It, it so defies all laws of gravity and physics that right. like, obviously they couldn't realistically, I mean, they did actually like drive a bus over an incline and, and the, the landing of the bus is actually real. It's just that the, the gap in the freeway that they CGI right. in. And that seems to be mostly the case with a lot of the CGI in that movie is that it was more for detail than for like, we can't do this as an effect, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but most of like the bus chase stuff, a lot of, and like the explosions were real. Like they blew up that house. They blew up that plane. plane? Like, yeah. That's all real stuff. Like that is that like throwback action eighties, yeah. nineties action where yeah. we're just going to really blow this up. Um, the other thing I would say about Speed that makes it so wonderful, and this is not a critical podcast. We're just going to talk about how much we love Speed this entire episode. I don't know that we're going to say anything critical at all. Just so if that's what you're looking for, get out of here. There's a lot of impractical stuff you can break down in Speed. Like, yeah. well, this isn't possible. Or why did this happen? That's not what we're talking about. No, we're just no. talking about how much we love it. Yeah. But one of the other things that I love about Speed is the casting is like so freaking perfect. Wonderful. Like it's so great. Uh, Keanu Reeves was my, I think my first crush of all time. I had a 
picture of him on the door to my bedroom with a heart drawn around it. And I had a nickname for him, which I'm not going to reveal here, but I did have a nickname for him. What, Um, what era Keanu Reeves picture was that? Is that long hair Keanu Reeves? Like no speed. Oh, it's speed. speed. I didn't know anything else he was in. I I have not had a crush on him in anything else that he's ever been in. Just speed, just speed Keanu Reeves. And then Sandra Bullock is amazing. What we learned of course, is that, a ton of people were considered for that role. And Ellen DeGeneres claims that that role was written for her, yeah. which and I just can't see. No, I, I, it does seem in, in the research about it that there are a lot of people connected to that script and that the script came out of that whole era after Die Hard where they're trying to make, I mean, because you, you can make a case that speed is Die Hard on a bus. Like that, that yeah, makes sense. Totally. And, but that was the whole push at that point. There's a lot of movies that have that sort of concept, right? Like Under Siege. Under Siege is a bad example, but it's basically Die Hard on a boat. Like, it's all the same thing. Uh, Um, But yeah, a lot of the people... Die Hard... Sorry. Die Hard on a boat is speed two cruise control. Well, (laughs) I mean, that's true. (laughs) But, you know, let's save speed two for the Jan DeBont section. (laughs) We've got to really, like, classify what happened to that poor guy's career. (laughs) But no, yeah, the original idea with with speed, I think, was it supposed to be a much more serious movie. Even though it's not a... It's not not a serious movie. Like it, it, it is serious. This is, people die, and it, it's a, yeah. an action. But I mean, it's not all really the characters are pretty light, right? Yeah. Like yeah. except for the villain, you know. But originally, apparently, Jeff Bridges was supposed to play Jack. Which even 1994 Jeff Bridges, that does not make sense. Like, yeah, I don't see that. Like he didn't do a lot of action movies ever. But he was more of an actiony guy back then. Sure. Yeah. I just I feel like he's not hunky enough. I mean, I don't know. Young, younger Jeff Bridges was kind of a hunky dude, but he it's not the same thing. It's not like where Keanu Reeves is like, this was his muscular, like sexy action hero, which is a very narrow period for Keanu Reeves. I, yes. Even like The Matrix, it's hard to say he's real sexy. Oh, no, Matrix, he's right? not. Yeah. So this is a very, this is like point break and speed. Like that's it. And then yeah. otherwise he's doing romantic dramas and, and, you know, oddball comedies like Bill and Ted and stuff. So this Keanu Reeves didn't exist very long, and it just happens to land right here. And the story, as the story goes, even the studio didn't think he was right to front this big summer action movie because he really hadn't done yeah. stuff like that. But then he, you know, he got you know buff, and they managed to pull that off. Um, but no, but again, Speed was supposed to be a much different movie. There's a ton of people who are connected to it. At one point, allegedly, like they offered for Tarantino to direct it. He had only done Reservoir Dogs at this point. Holy crap. And I would have watched that down, movie. But, and he, but allegedly he loves speed, but that's just not... Tarantino was writing his own stuff. He didn't direct anything he didn't write. So It's a goddamn shame. A Tarantino speed would have been a very different speed, but it <laughs> would have been, worked, right? Yeah. I, the list of people who were connected to it and rumored at one point or another to play it, it was offered to and turned down by, allegedly, Kevin Bacon, Alec Baldwin, Stephen Baldwin, William Baldwin, Michael Bean... <laughs> Jim Carrey, Nicolas Cage, like a huge list of every every action star you can think of, like uh, Tom ha- Tom Hanks, Tom <laughs> Cruise, Harrison Ford, Stallone, Schwarzenegger, love, everybody. Right. I love that they went through all the Baldwin's. Yeah, well, because this was that time when you really like yeah. you you could pick and choose from your Baldwin's. Yeah. They were we all just, names. We just need a Baldwin. That's it. Right. I don't care which one. Uh, and so everybody was connected to it. Everybody turned it down. I think everybody just thought it was kind of a, a diehard knockoff. And it really, again, that movie only, I think, works as well as it does and is as compelling as it is because of the casting. Even though Keanu Reeves doesn't bring a lot to almost anything Keanu Reeves was doing at that time, except for like Bill and Ted, he's yeah. he's kind of a blank slate 
he's not doing a lot character wise. Yeah. But it's him and Sandra Bullock that really made yeah, that movie work. Totally. Well, and so in doing our research, I think what was it? Someone said that or that Jan DeBont said that Keanu Reeves wasn't used to parts where he had to have such big reactions. Right. And I always thought Jack was like pretty understated and that yeah. was what made him good. But like even that Jan DeBont was like, oh, he's not he's not ready for this. This is too much. I think it's honestly like when Harry dies, he has to react and at the end when Annie gets kidnapped. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, yeah. what is he doing? That's it. Yeah. He's just giving directions. No, it's it is a very strange statement, but I, yeah. it might also speak to the fact that Jan Demont is not much of a director as far as like <laughs> actors are concerned. Yeah, that's fair. Just that's get fair. good personalities in these roles and wind them up and let them do whatever they want. Yeah, which it does seem like as we were doing our research, the only role that doesn't have a ton of other actors connected to it is Dennis Hopper's role. Right. Yeah, it does seem like Dennis Hopper is just it. Like <laughs> It's like they just knew it was Dennis Hopper and they built the movie around it. Yeah, I mean, they say that the original script for the movie, Dennis Hopper's character didn't even exist, that Harry was actually going to be the bad guy. Mm. And that they like they just said that this no. didn't make any sense. Like They just couldn't somehow yeah. twist reality to make that actually fit in this movie. No, and thank oh. God they didn't because Harry is a, Harry's a hero. Oh, Jeff Daniels is so great. And we will get to Jeff Daniels, but yes. we got theories. But no, yeah, Hopper... Is, is that perfectly eccentric weirdo, yeah. but still has enough character that it's not just, oh, he's just a crazy guy who wants to blow stuff up. Like, yeah. Hopper was enough of an actor that I think he could, you know, he could pull off something like that and make it a compelling villain, like an interesting oh, yeah. villain and fun, you know. The only criticism that I will put forth of the entire movie and anything surrounding Speed, sequel aside, is that, that Dennis Hopper's maniacal laugh was a little over the top. <laughs> He's, yeah. you know, he'll do something like ha 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 ha. His laugh is very much like, like it's it's relaxing. it's not organic. It reminds me of that scene from the Muppets where Chris Cooper is just going maniacal laugh, yeah. and they yeah. all like, laugh together. That's that was basically all it was. <laughs> um, so, but for my money, what makes this whole movie work is Sandra Bullock. What, what oh, yeah. you and, and the fact that anybody else ever would have played that part now seems so crazy to me that. Like I can see other people playing Jack like that. You you could put a bunch of people in there and I think it could just still worked. Right. Yeah. Like Keanu Reeves is, is solid and fine, but he's not bringing anything particular to that part. I don't know if Stephen Baldwin should have been the guy. <laughs> there, Like there were people that I could see in that role. Yeah. But Sandra Bullock actually makes the whole movie so much better because she's just so likable in that part and is this kind of fun personality in the middle of this crazy sort of movie. Yeah. Which totally. you really don't see that often. And she didn't make a ton of action movies. Like she's made yeah. a lot of stuff, but it's only like in recent years when she did like Ocean's 8 and stuff that are really these kind of action-y films, yeah. right? Yeah. But, um, but she's what turns the film into like, a 20% romantic comedy. Like yeah. it, it is, it is really her like, cause she is Sandra Bullock in everything. Right. I mean, she's a great actress. I don't mean to minimize her, but in her romantic comedies where she's being Sandra Bullock, like it's the same kind of style yeah. and it just happens to work in this movie because it needed that kind of like lift and charisma that Keanu Reeves, as much as I love him was not bringing to the part. Right. Uh, I just think the interesting thing is that they somehow managed to see this in Sandra Bullock when she really hadn't done that much. Like yeah. she was in Demolition Man, which is the year before. And that's clearly how she got this movie. Right. Because it's the only thing even remotely similar that she had done. Otherwise, she was on like, I want to say like the working girl TV show. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and she was in like Love Potion number nine. Like she hadn't done all that much stuff. Yeah. But again, like the fact that Ellen DeGeneres at one point was going to play that part is like, what in the hell would that movie have been? Yeah. Like, 
I, I got nothing against Ellen, but like, what's a good Ellen DeGeneres performance in anything that's not Finding Nemo? <laughs> like, <laughs> she's just Ellen DeGeneres. Like, I just don't see yeah. that. And I don't yeah, understand no, I how that movie would work. So. I don't actually know. I can't even think of another Ellen DeGeneres movie other than like, I mean, obviously she was on the TV show, but I feel like she paid. Yeah. Did she play best friends? I don't know. Like, I think so. I don't I don't know of a lot of I can't think immediately of a lot of like leads in movies that she did. I think after yeah. she does the TV show and then she did the talk show, that was pretty much it. That was right. It. There's yeah. a lot of other people who actresses who are connected to that, too. And most notably, it seems like they were there was a push that Halle Berry was going to play this part. Oh, interesting. And Halle Berry in 94 hadn't done a ton of stuff either. But and she's kind of in retrospect, I think, said things like, oh, this wouldn't have done for my career what it did for Sandra Bullock's career. And I don't, I don't know that that's true. I, I can sort of see Halle Berry in that part. She's, you know, fun and charismatic. But up until this yeah. point, she'd only really been in Boomerang, I want to say. Oh. A fairly small part. The, the Eddie Murphy movie. I think she would have been good at this role. I think she would. She's It's hard it. to like. It's hard to say because Sandra Bullock is like, like we've said, so perfect for it. But I could see Halle Berry in that in that role. Yeah. I mean, there's people who I think would be interesting in it. But a lot of the people that were named are just kind of stars around that time, yeah. like Demi Moore and like Michelle Pfeiffer. I don't really see how that those would have worked. They, yeah. they just seem a little too. I don't know. Sexy movie star. like yeah. Where like Sandra Bullock's kind of cute gal next doorness and then just this sort of plucky charisma really works yeah. i don't know how that would have translated if say madonna had gotten the part <laughs> oh my god the fact that madonna was in discussion to do this two years before she did evita oh um, and they must have been filming evita in 95 right because didn't it come out in 96 yeah that's right? right yeah yep. so the fact that like this could have been her prequel to evita like i can really get behind that like, i mean Figure she, League of Their Own is 92. So yeah. Madonna's doing st- like she was making movies. Yeah. But Madonna? Seriously? Like, yeah, I, I, I don't. Uh, the story with Madonna is what she did with the like the take a bow music video. She said it in like the, you know, she made it. It was like sp- a Spanish bullfighter theme to like put yeah. her in the costumes and the environment that would convince people that she could be a Vita. And so if she really wanted this part in speed, what music video would have just had her on a bus that explodes and like in an elevator that explodes? I really think like maybe, um, maybe the, uh, you know, express yourself video. I'm, I'm bad with Madonna's timeline. So I don't know what came out around that, but like could have really been a different video than it was if she was trying to get the part in speed. I mean, maybe at least it would have saved us from what I think is probably the worst thing about Speed is the terrible Billy Idol song that plays over the end credits, right? <laughs> that song's horrible. Like, and I like Billy Idol, but man, that song's terrible. <laughs> so the only thing I'm thinking is maybe the reason Madonna is connected to this movie, which is, again, something I just, just turned up in research, is Jan de Bont was, the, he's the cinematographer on Who's That Girl? And oh. then he gets credited as technically the cinematographer on the Who's That Girl music video. So oh. maybe there's some Jan de Bont connection He's like, with Madonna. You know who would be great in this? <laughs> Madonna. When Jan de Bont finally gets connected to the movie, because again, yeah. this movie bounced around between for people for a long yeah. time. And one of the real main people who was supposed to direct it that gets talked about is John McTiernan, who directed Die Hard, which makes sense. Yeah. But John McTiernan didn't want to do it because he thought it was too much like Die Hard. But Jan de Bont was the cinematographer for Die Hard, and that's why he ends up directing Speed makes sense um because really like Jan de Bont is was an acclaimed action cinematographer and had a lot of credits had done a lot of stuff but there doesn't seem to be any indication that he was going to 
like be a movie director. There, there doesn't seem to be any stories of him trying to get projects together. It almost seems like speed falls into his lap because everybody passed on it. And then you end up with Keanu Reeves, who nobody thought could lead the movie. Sandra Bullock hadn't done anything of any real significance in this size of a role. And they want to put this movie out in the summer. To the point, though, they say this movie, they ran out of money filming it. Like that they the subway sequence was just they only had that sequence as a storyboard for test audiences. They didn't even have it done. Um, so like there wasn't the kind of faith in this movie going like even at this point. I almost wonder if they were just burning this movie off. And it was yeah. only once they realized what they had on their hands that, you know, it really took off. But yeah, Jan Debon was the was a cinematographer. He does Die Hard. He did Hunt for Red October. Uh, Flatliners, Lethal Weapon 3. And this is all in a very short period of time. So as a cinematographer. As a cinematographer. And these are all in the late 80s, early 90s. Basic yeah. instinct, like visual movies, like really, you know. But he has been working for a long time. He's the cinematographer on a movie you and I watched during the quarantine. I would argue the craziest movie I've ever seen. And that was Roar, the Tippi Hedren <laughs> uh, lion movie. <laughs> so he survived. He's one of the people who got one of the more severe injuries on that movie is he had to get 200 stitches in his head. Oh, no. (laughs) If you've never seen Roar, Roar is insane. I don't know what the hell the idea was there. But wasn't it like Tippi Hedren and her husband are like the stars of this movie. Her husband at the time, whose name I honestly don't remember, were the stars of this movie. And he was some sort of enthusiast about just lions. A lion preserve that you could interact with lions? Yeah. So they lived in this house that just had lions living there. And it was a movie, right? Like it wasn't it wasn't just a straight documentary. No, no. They play characters. Yeah. But Um, even though it's weird because they're married and Melanie Griffith, who's Tippi Hedren's daughter, is in the movie as their daughter. But it was there was a plot that I also don't really recall. But they just filmed it in their in this house that was filled with lions, like real lions. It's the it's the greatest thing. It's a, and like a bunch a of people got hurt, like really hurt. Yeah. I'm more surprised nobody died that the lions yeah. didn't kill anyone. So, but didn't someone get scalped? Yeah, I think the story was that, that Melanie Griffith got scalped, oh, right? In right. a very minor way. And then yeah. honestly, it might be Jan Debon because yeah. he got 220 stitches in his head. Oh my God. And it was something with a lion like, gra- <gasps> like ripping his skull off or whatever. Now that's oh. like 1980, 81. So Jan Debon's doing stuff. Even post getting scalped, he's like, I'm going to keep working. He's doing stuff. Yeah. I mean, he was doing a lot of time at the ER, but he was also doing it. Um, I just didn't realize that he was involved in Roar, and Roar is such a bonkers movie that I highly recommend to bring up Roar. I'm going to bring it up. It's so crazy. So crazy. So Jan DeBont comes in to direct, and he's never directed a movie. He has no credits before this as a director. And I guess you could see that, right? Like, but that's why I think that the casting is so essential to this movie to make this thing work because I don't know what he's doing as far as character stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, but you got Jeff Daniels, who's great, and and Sandra Bullock's great, and Dennis Hopper, and like even the small parts are all fantastic, like yeah. Joe Morton and Alan Ruck and Beth Grant, and everybody's great, right? And I just wonder if you could just wind them up and let them go. Yeah. Plus, the original script is just this action script. And then I think they brought in Joss Whedon to do all the dialogue. Yeah. Who, you know, Joss Whedon's a, a fun, you know, d- yeah. snappy dialogue director. So the, the dialogue in this movie is it's not like there are moments that are a little cheesy, but it's pretty like action movie entertaining and not just like straight up cheesy. Like the lines that, that Dennis Hopper's character, How- Howard Payne, like delivers are just amazing. Like yeah. it's like right up, it's walking the edge of cheesy and like exciting, but catchphrase worthy. I don't know. I just, I 
yeah, I think the dialogue's pretty good. Yeah, it's really only at the end. I think at the end, some of the stuff Keanu throws out, like in the final sequence, is like cheesy action movie stuff. Like, oh, he lost his head. (laughs) (laughs) I'm taller. (laughs) Okay, well, I think that's great. Maybe I just have bad taste in uh, in. uh... But I I mean, it does not detract. I mean, at this point, again, the movie has been nonstop action for so long that it's like it works. I just I'm I'm for it. I was going to bring us to uh, It Happened One Year Awards, which I think oh. is, is something we're doing now. Yeah. Um, and so we can choose which awards we want to bestow upon uh, people or the movie, but I'm going to choose to award uh, Speed uh, Best Movie of 1994. Oh, that's it? Yeah, I'm Hands going right down. Yeah, that's me. I mean, I would, I would like to agree with you. I do not. There are, there are too many great movies. Ninety, half the reason we're even doing ninety four is because ninety four had just the greatest group of movies. Look, Forrest Gump is fine. <laughs> Speed, best movie. Call. I mean, I, look at. I don't want to. Bre- I don't want to run down all of the great movies of ninety four now. It's hard to say Speed's even the best movie of that summer because again, ninety four is just such a great year. Like yeah. it's hard, but yeah, Forrest Gump. The Lion King, the Lion King and Speed opened within five days of each other in June. Also, in the same week was OJ. The whole OJ thing happens at that time is Nicole dies. And then the and then the Bronco chase is right all in the same stretch. Right. Yeah. To the point that, like they say, when Speed came out, I think this had just happened. It was two days earlier. And audiences were kind of like, this looks just like it. Like, cause they're, you know, there's even that <laughs> sequence, like Jack drives a Bronco. Like it's almost, and it's on these LA freeways. Yeah. 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 Pulp fiction did come out in 1994. I'm just saying. It's fine. But going forward from speed for Jan Debon, just to get Jan Debon out of our, out of our system. Right. Yeah. Two years later, he does make Twister, which is also incredible. Amazing. If, if, if you like that kind of 90s action, now there's there are very few practical effects in Twister, comparatively <laughs> speaking. They just couldn't, yeah. they couldn't do that. Yeah, you could just wait for a Twister. But it's very or much the same movie, right? If you yeah. think of everybody in that caravan in Twister as being in one vehicle, it's speed, right? Because <laughs> like they're all like fun and they're like, there's banter, but there's peril. And it's just like, you could see the, the Joe in Twister is very much Annie from Speed, just with a little more technical knowledge, right? Yeah, I think she's got more sadness to her too. Like, I think she's a deeper character. Well, there's a lot of. I mean, now the difference is Michael Crichton wrote Twister, so Mike, there's yeah. there is there's actual there's depth character. to what's going on in Twister. The other thing that I think is the core difference between these two movies is the villain, right? Like in Speed, the villain is actually the the same thing that creates the peril, right? It's the it's yeah. the madman, it's the bad guy, whatever, he creates the peril. In Twister, there's a villain, but the peril is not really created by the villain. It's created right. by the Twister. Right. Well, there's an antagonist. It's hard to say that, that yeah, uh, really Jonas Miller is a villain, necessarily. <laughs> he's in it for the money, not the science. This is not a villainous trait, feels, I don't think. It's villainous America. to me. Yeah. But no, that's man versus nature, and then you have a little bit of just this competition between the teams. Yeah, I just yeah. mean that like very basically you can see how these are parallel movies in a lot of ways. Like oh, Twister is yeah. also a nonstop action movie with yeah. very short sequences to build up characters. There's more to be sure than there is in Speed, but not that much more. Now, if Jan Debon had just continued following this template, we could ha- we could still be getting great Jan Debon joints to this day. Yes. Right. But instead, <laughs> Jan Debon directs three more movies after this. His first follow up to Twister was the paycheck sequel, Speed 2 Cruise Control, which is a 
pretty bad. I, yeah. I don't. We watched Speed Two not that long ago. We did. What What are What are any redeeming memories you have of Speed Two? Well, at least Sandra Bullock's still in it. So still Sandra Bullock. Yeah, but it's hard to have speed on a yacht. It's not even a yacht. It's a cruise ship. It's a cruise like, ship. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. And there's some speed boat sequences. It's just they call it speed, but the boat moves very slow. And so I would disagree with the naming. I mean, look, it, it's like if speed got everything wrong. That's speed too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say in that one, you can really see that Jan DeBont's acting directing is not great as he could not turn Jason Patrick into a viable action star. No. Willem Dafoe is so over the top as that villain. That it just <laughs> consumes the movie. Like the movie yeah. just immolates and yeah. do Willem Dafoe's insanity of a performance. Yeah. Which I think was a real risk with Dennis Hopper. Yeah. But Dennis Hopper's a, uh, another Willem Dafoe's not a good actor. He's a right. great actor, but like he was able to rein it in because yeah. I think he just had the right tone for it. Right. Whereas Willem Dafoe just went. Right. Well, I think the other thing was that, that Howard Payne has an actual origin story that makes sense and like works inside that movie where Willem Dafoe, they kind of tried to build something, but he's just an insane terrorist. And that's yeah. what that movie is. Yeah. I think the end sequence of speed two, isn't bad where there's just the boat slow motion crashing through that whole pier and that whole yeah. Harbor town, yeah. which is kind of fun. That's about it though. I mean, it, yeah, it's not, it doesn't work. And this is the very rapid then descent of Jan de Bont. He directs the haunting, which was a remake of The Haunting of Hill House. And it had like Liam Neeson and Catherine Zeta-Jones. It's like a horror movie. Um, that's not good. And then years go by and somehow they convince him to direct the second uh, Lara Croft Tomb Raider movie, which you'll remember as being the significantly lesser of those two movies. And that you're not starting in a great place. The first Tomb Raider movie is <laughs> fine, but like it's nothing, you know? So, and that's it. Jan DeMont, yet to this day, has not directed another movie. And that was 2003. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I don't exactly know what's gone wrong there. He doesn't really do a lot of cinematography either. Like, he just doesn't do much of anything anymore. So, maybe he's yeah. just sitting on that Twister paycheck and that's yeah. it. Well, clearly, in Speed and Twister, he said all he had to say. He set the bar so high. <laughs> there's yes. no even reason to try to attempt it again. Nope. It's like Speed 2, they must have given him a fortune to do Speed Oh my two. God. Because there's no logical sure. sequel to Speed. Like, no, you know. no. And then, not. not without Keanu Reeves. No. Like, no, and Keanu Reeves, wisely enough, gets out of that whole thing. Yeah. Uh, before, that, before the ship left the habit. But I, I mean, I really do feel bad. Like, I, I wish that there had been more, we had gotten more shots at Jan DeBont greatness. Because those two movies are great. You know, and they come out within two years of each other. Like yeah. in those couple of years, Jan de Bont's just getting it done. He was just on his groove. Man, can they make a movie like that again? Like, is there even that 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 style of filmmaking has more or less disappeared into the 90s? Yeah. And by and large, it's probably the right thing. But it's just not something that I think people yeah. are going back to and trying to do anymore. Well, I think you need just the right plot device for it where like the bus thing, while it might have sounded crazy, it worked really well. But anything else that I can think of that's really a lot like that were all the disaster movies that have happened, like yeah. your your Dante's Peak and the other volcano movie that came out at the same time. Volcano. That escaped me. Oh, was it just called Volcano? Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. The late um, 90s had a lot of those sort of movies and like yeah. the Deep Impact and Yeah, Armageddon. Yeah, that was the one I was thinking of. Yeah, for some yeah. reason. But again, like that is pretty much contained in that time yeah. period. Armageddon. Like, yeah. Like that's about it, you know? Yeah. And then like, but this builds on what they were doing. Like the eighties and nineties had those sorts of movies. 
I just I think this is it's the ultimate. That's it. It's unachievable to to do better than speed. If you had to choose, who's your favorite person on the bus? You can't pick Keanu Reeves and, and Sandra Bullock. All of the other bus characters though are available. And as we as we I think noticed last night, there are a lot of extras on that bus who don't yeah. get any lines. And I'm like, this is a great extra gig. Yeah. We're in the whole movie, but yeah, you, you you're just going along. I there's only one right answer to this, I think. Um, and it's Alan Rock. Like Oh, Alan Rock's wonderful. Yeah. And then it's so great that he also comes back in Twister. Yes. And he's great in Twister. Yeah. And I think you were just setting uh, setting me up to give my favorite Alan Rock quote from Twister, which is Rabbit is good, Rabbity is wise. Wonderful. Beautiful. Alan Rock does not get the credit he deserves. Like yeah. I think forever he's just gonna be tied to Cameron from Ferris Bueller. Yeah. And he's so great as Cameron, and he makes that movie just just works so well, you know. Yeah. And that's another just perfect casting with him and him and, and Matthew Broderick are so great in those parts that just makes the movie work. But I don't think he ever really would get the credit he deserves for just bringing these sorts of little funny characters yeah. to things. Just great. I think Ortiz is wonderful. Ortiz is great. Gigantor, Gigantor is so much fun. And like the funny thing is like when we watched it the other night, I never really paid attention to the interactions between the other bus characters all that much. There's not really much, you yeah. know. You've got Helen, who is like the tragic figure in this yeah. group. You're the audience is with Helen until she dies. Mm -hmm. And she had to be involved in this. Like there had to be that character. Yeah. To give a, a sense of the, you know, the the peril that these people are in. Like Sam, the bus driver, gets shot by mistake, and then he gets off the bus. Like he's fine. Yeah. But you needed Helen there. And I think that really works. And she's friends with Annie and how all of this works. Yeah. But what I noticed the other night is they tried to build these little things between Alan Ruck's character. I, I don't even know if you know Alan Ruck's character's name. I don't know if they ever say yeah, it. Yeah, I can't think of it. He's just his tourist character. And he's got fun yeah. little lines. And, you know. Yeah, he takes but, pictures of everything out the window of the bus. Which I never even really noticed before. Yeah, like, it's great. It, it's such flash throwaway moments with him, like, documenting what's going on, you know. Yeah. And he's, you know, his first little introduction when he's talking to Annie. And he's just like, oh, I just came from the airport. And, you know, I'm here, tourist in L.A. But there's this little moment where him and Ortiz are talking and Ortiz is just telling him to shut up because like, he's like scared and, you know, they're doing yeah. this and that. And so you could see like there and he says, everybody doesn't, nobody likes you. And like there was this weird moment where Ortiz is like yelling at the tourist, right? Yeah. And I never really thought about it. Just a throwaway moment. Everybody's stressed out, right? But then when they rescue everybody from the bus, Ortiz is helping this guy off the bus, right? And they yeah. like hug on the other bus. Uh -huh. It's so great. Just such a great little moment, you know, like just cry a little bit just thinking about it. Well, so but I mean, I do think if we're going to talk about tragic characters, though, we haven't really spent enough time on Harry. And now I do love the theory we've come up with with Harry. But yes, I, I think Harry, considering that originally Harry was the villain, the fact that they make him a compelling character that you in, in any way care about in this movie is incredible. Yeah, just but it's right just, from the beginning, right from the first sequence with Harry. Yeah, totally. It's a, I think it's a real testament to Jeff Daniels acting, which we saw on display in Speed. But in the same year, we saw on display in the cinematic masterpiece, Dumb and Dumber. Again, playing a character named Harry. This is the question. Does uh, uh, Officer Harry in Speed survive the house explosion? Because you don't see him die, really. They say he dies. Yeah, but there's no there's not even a denouement of the movie for him. Like, that's it. Like after that house yeah. blows up, uh, the Howard Payne tells Jack that Harry's dead. Yep. But no one ever mentions it again. That's it. Yeah. Is it possible Harry survives that explosion, but is so damaged that he then turns into Harry from Dumb and Dumber? 
I think this is a great theory, probably <laughs> accurate. And how disappointed would Jack be to discover Harry with uh, Jim Carrey's character in Dumb and yeah. Dumber? To know that this is what he turns into, I almost yeah. feel like that, even if even if uh, Keanu Reeves had returned for Speed 2, there is no way that they would have broached this subject, right? Because his best friend is now a complete lunatic. Yeah. He's just palling around with Lloyd Christmas and doing a bunch of, you know, wacky nonsense, traveling around the country in their dog car. Yeah. Think of it in, in the same span of time, in two movies that came out in the same year, uh, Jeff Daniels had to both play a scene in which he is breaking into the house of a murderer and he's excited to like find him and catch him and save these people on the bus, realizes he's going to die and then the house explodes. He plays that scene. He also plays the scene where he takes too many laxatives <laughs> and I'm not going to say any more about that, but that is really <laughs> the only thing I remember from Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> like yeah. that both, both scenes, movies, same year, same, same actor. Year. And again, they filmed that movie in 1994. So, like, this is built around with speed in existence. Dumb and Dumber gets made. Oh. So, like, I think that you can make a real case. Like, Jeff Daniels, did he get the script for Dumb and Dumber? And he sees he's playing Harry again. And he's like, well, I got it. I got the backstory <laughs> for this guy already. <laughs> Gotta say yes to this. <laughs> I'm doing it. And, like, in his process, you know, a master thespian that Jeff Daniels is works through the process. And he's like, well, I know where he's come from. And now I know where I know what I know how to play this guy. I know what he is. I know what he's got. Yeah. Little details in speed. Just real, just real quick. I, yeah. I think that there's a lot of like really fun little things you notice at the time, but then maybe you don't immediately remember because the movie is such a gangbusters, you know, nonstop blast of a movie, right? The people in the elevator at the beginning of the movie. Oh. Like that group is again a really fun group like yeah. even though like they barely have anything to do and it's really just that the elevator has all these hijinks and then they all got to climb out when they pry open the doors yeah but like there's enough little moments in between with those little characters oh yeah that i think that like that really that, that again it's a triumph of casting for people who have two lines in the movie yeah. like jesus what did you do to that button <laughs> um, you know yeah I think and, and the fact that the woman who like one of i think my favorite Maybe my favorite throwaway moment in the entire movie is her running away from the elevator shouting about her shoe. Yeah. Like, every, like, cause really, then it goes into the scene where they're discussing the bomber and where he is. Yeah. But she's at the back of that pack and she's only got one shoe on. Yeah. And but the weird thing is, you see them because she's the last person to get out, right? You see them pull her out of the elevator. Yeah. And I was trying to watch for this last night. So I could be wrong about this because before last night, I thought you saw her shoe come off. Yeah. But last night, I didn't see it. So I almost wonder if, like, you don't see her shoe come off in the elevator and they just made that choice to remove her shoe and then film the scene. Like, I don't know, but I, don't know. I think that is, um, that is a great moment. Like part of me wonders if when they filmed it, they realized that she's only got one shoe on like they, cause they all have to run to the end of the hall and then leave. Oh, and I yeah. wonder if they just kind of loop that line in later <laughs> because yeah. they notice, well, she doesn't have a shoe on and aren't people going to wonder like what happened here. But then they add in just her line. Like I lost my shoe. shoe. <laughs> She's yelling about her shoe, my shoe. Yeah. Like she came so close to dying. Yeah. So close to like, not just dying, but like a tragic, horrific, terrifying death. Yeah. And she's like, but my shoe. <laughs> and there's so many odd little details like this. Yeah. I, I think the Toon Man in the car oh, the has man. wonderful lines. And he's in the movie yes. for what? Four minutes? Three minutes? Yeah. 
And their whole interaction, the whole bit that they build up between him and Jack. The whole, like when Jack tells him that there's a bomb on the bus and he's like, what? <laughs> like there's that moment where he's like, oh, he does like a double take. And then him like taking over the wood, just, oh shit, oh shit. Like it's, it's amazing. Like he's yeah. just such a character. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, he is in the sequel. He is. And I yeah. think he's the only other person, right? <laughs> Weirdly, that actor, uh, Glenn Plummer, has a boat in Speed 2. <laughs> And like, I want to say that Jason Patrick's character, the the Jack Traven character, like yeah. has to like commandeer this boat. Like it's the same stupid thing or it's something or it's like he's floating around, but he definitely has dialogue. And you're like, you're seriously telling me the only people they could convince to come back for this that made any sense were Sandra Bullock and, and Glenn Plummer, who's in the first movie for two minutes. Like, um, but is he that memorable? Is it like, I mean, to the point that you remember he's in the sequel and you saw, I think I've only seen it the one time. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I think it's interesting. Like, I think it'd be too, if they wanted to do throwaways in the sequel that, that, or like little nods to the original, knowing yeah. that like a lot of the people couldn't be in it. You can't put like a big character that like you can't put Joe Morton in it. You can't even really put anyone on the bus in it because right. they're too like memorable. This guy is like the only person that like you can do a nod to the original and have it not feel like completely crazy. Yeah. Um, that like there's no way that like Alan Ruck's character is going to be on the cruise. Like right. it's just that's too far fetched. But like it's in the same city. This guy's got a boat like. All right, maybe. I assume it's in the same city. I, I assume they leave from LA. I don't actually know if that's true, but I think that's true. But I don't remember. He's not on the cruise ship. He's on a different boat. Well, he's yeah, just but if nearby, yeah. and I don't, I don't actually remember the plot all that well, so I could get this <laughs> wrong. But if they, if the idea is the boat leaves from LA, they lived in LA. Like, yeah, there you could logic that he's in a boat nearby, like, and it's yeah. just a crazy coincidence. Versus, like, there's no way that like the old Asian couple is, is going to be on a cruise. You know, it's just two on the note. It's like, he's yeah. the only one. He's yeah. the only the only way they could have done that. I mean, I guess it makes some sense in that regard. Like if you want to have some other connection to the other movie, because otherwise it does, it would have kind of felt, I think like we have this script for Die Hard on a boat. Let's cram, you know, Sandra Bullock's character into it and say it's speed two. But no, his lines in the car and the little choices are so great. Like when Jack says he's going to get on the bus, and he's he's visibly so relieved that Jack's gonna get out of his car. Yeah, yeah, and just kind of like says, "Yeah, yeah, you do that." Like, <laughs> yeah, you know. Or then is when, that, when is that before or after he breaks the door off? That's like, before. Yeah. Yeah. No, his best line is after Jack breaks the door off. Sir, I need to take your phone. Take the phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's just great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they just managed to build it. It's like a fun little sequence of just yeah. dealing with this. And like, it's essential to the plot. Like it makes sense that it's all in there. It's not an yeah. extraneous thing. They did. They threw in for laughs. Yeah. And I think, I mean, there, and there's a lot of stuff on the bus. There's a lot of little moments that I, I really, a lot of Alan Ruck's lines are really great. Yeah. Last night when we watched this, you fell asleep. I did. Because again, we're on vacation. You know, I've seen we, it a number of times. Yeah. You don't need to see it. But do you realize there's one person in speed that we've seen in real life? Do you know who that person is? Ooh. Could you, can you, can you dig that up? This is a game we often play and it might be more fun for me than for you because you're not great with names and faces or memories or in memories in this regard. <laughs> but there is one yeah. character. Can you, can you think of what character it would be? No. Dynamite um, radio right here. <laughs> I'm just I Dara assume tries to remember stuff. I assume you'll cut some of the silence out. Well, maybe a um, little bit. Again, this isn't really easy because I didn't remember that this person was there and uh we saw them in a play. Yeah, that makes sense. No, I don't know. Who was it? So the guy who's the subway driver. 
who gets shot like immediately. Yeah. Has no real lines is Richard Schiff, who was then more famous. He was on the West Wing for a number of years. No way. But we saw Richard Schiff in uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross and on Broadway. Oh, <laughs> he was he was one of the guys. Isn't Richard. OK, now this is where our podcast listeners get to hear me not remember who people are exactly because I'm, I'm terrible with this game but isn't Richard Schiff the guy who was like in multiple shows and ties the entire like TV universe together because he's in every show I got no problem talking about this you're thinking of Richard Belzer damn it who played Munch yes yeah that is who I'm thinking of yeah Who's and then Richard Munch Schiff? appears on so many characters that that ties all yeah. of these different TV shows together I don't think we should start talking about that now. <laughs> Let's not get into that now. Um, but no, Richard Schiff was one of the guys. So the Glengarry Glen Ross we saw was the Al Pacino, yep. uh, Bobby Cannavale, and David Harbour was in it. Yep. And the the Dr. Cox from Scrubs, yeah, I, whose yep. name is now escaping me, and Richard Schiff. Like, that was the group. Interesting. Yeah. So I didn't even realize he was in Speed. Didn't even notice it until last night. Because he's in it very quickly. Like, he's the guy who's driving the subway yeah, train. Yeah, I remember he, that he there was shot. a guy, and then he gets killed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> oh, he's married to Sheila Kelly, who played my favorite sister on Sisters. Oh, there you go. Yeah, who also started a, uh, a pole dancing organization. So she's had a great post-Sisters career. She taught where they like teach pole dancing classes as exercise. Wonderful. So upon doing some research, we were talking about like what what was Ellen DeGeneres doing? What movies has she done that would make people say, I think she could play Sandra Bullock's part in Speed. The only one that I could find is that Ellen DeGeneres starred in a romantic comedy called Mr. Wrong. Oh, Mr. Wrong. Uh, with Bill Pullman okay. uh, in like 1996, 97, like right after Speed came out. Okay. Uh, I don't think Mr. Wrong did very well. I've never seen it. And uh, and that was it. I think for her, it was either speed or this. And she chose Mr. Wrong. I kind of like remember the poster or something for that. Like that yeah. title's familiar, but I'm, I never. Yeah, saw it. it's just like her face, but she's wearing like a wedding veil. Yeah. And then it's like the profile of his face. So he's I had to look up who it was because I couldn't even tell. And Bill Pullman is, I'm sure, a wonderful guy, but pretty generic. And so like I couldn't tell who it was. I would say he's wonderfully generic. He's very okay. specifically great in everything he's in, but is yeah. very, very simple in all of those. Movies. Yes. Except for, space, like except for maybe Spaceballs. That's it. He is great in Spaceballs. I feel like whenever you whenever you think of a Bill Pullman movie, you're like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. But who right. is that? Yeah. Bill I always Because he was always getting confused with Bill Paxton because their names are so yes. similar. So I yeah. remember I once tweeted something that I had the idea to make this movie where you would have bill pullman and bill paxton together and just call it old bills and they'd play like politicians <laughs> either play either actor could play either part it made no yes so. if anything they might switch roles halfway through the movie and see if anybody noticed just yes to, i just love to, i love that yeah love it uh, those were the ones i really wanted to hit tune man yeah the, the elevator people who i think are great yeah there's nothing on the subway at the end really i mean at that point it's a pretty perilous movie sort of from when they realize that the money's gone from the trash yeah. can to the end like that's a that's a pretty sandra bullock's acting in that stretch is great oh I mean, yeah she's now gone from being this funny character to she's a hostage and she does just wonderfully in that little scene. yeah like, nice yeah. transition i will say again we said we wouldn't say anything critical about speed i uh, criticized dennis hopper's maniacal laugh yeah. the only other thing i would criticize is that you know he is this like big you know villain crazy man he's done all these big things he wants his money he's real mad and his death is kind of anticlimactic well, it's kind of silly, right? Yeah. Like, because you don't, 
Like the first time I, or the first few times that I watched it, I couldn't really tell what was happening. Like, I don't think I realized he got decapitated because I don't know. It's just not as clear. I don't know. It's weird the way that, because of the lights and like, it doesn't look great. Like it's not a, a good looking villain death. And it's just kind of, kind of silly that he just, that's how he does. I mean, it's kind of, that's got to kind of be effects. I don't, I don't believe that was done with a dummy. That, that strikes yeah. me as a CGI and it does happen very quickly. So yeah. It's only really, I think that's why they add all of those lines for Jack in that are so silly so that you realize this is what's gone on. Cause it is yeah. from when he reaches into, I don't, you were asleep. So if you remember the exact sequence of this, Oh, I remember when he reaches into the bag and the, yep. the die explodes, this is the triggering incident for him to be like, I'm going to go fist fight Keanu Reeves on the top of this train, which is yep. just a crazy, it's crazy. He has a pretty logical plan for the whole movie, like everything yeah. is well thought out and all of this stuff. So the fact that he just throws this all away and I'm going to go climb up on this uh, train and fight this guy who's 20 years younger than me. And I still have to hold the bomb thing so that yeah. Sandra Bullock doesn't explode is just not great. Like there's not, it's not a great wrap up, but yeah. again, the end is fantastic. Oh, with the subway so great. Crashing through, yeah. the, through the station. It's just yes. great. Yeah. You almost forget that that part isn't great because the end is so great. Right. I mean, at that point, you know, everything's going to work out. So it's not really that bad that, you know, the final battle isn't better. Yeah. Um, but like the the walk away from the movie is, again, somehow we're going to speed up the subway car, which they managed to do, even though they've already shot the controls and can't stop the subway car. Yeah. But they speed up the subway car so that it jumps the tracks and, and comes crashing up onto Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. And again, and I think even that's a great choice. Like the movie all takes place in L.A., but it doesn't take place in tourist L.A. It's all neighborhoods and then the airport as far as i understand los angeles but the last bit on the subway the subway comes up and crashes and, and comes to a stop in front of the chinese theater on hollywood boulevard it's just i just and just it's perfect it's like a perfect blockbustery ending you know it's great like, best movie of all time i'm gonna go disagree we're gonna get around to this at some point because again the oscar race in 94 is so interesting and there were so many really good movies and there just wasn't the space to really give everything the credit it deserved. That Speed, because it's just a pure action movie, was never going to be in that conversation. Speed did win two Oscars for sound and sound editing. It, it was nominated for film editing, which is usually given, like even the nominations usually go to more you know, weighty films. They don't usually go to action movies. So it was regarded in its day. I, but I think the takeaway is that more people are watching Speed with any regularity than, say, Quiz Show, right? Oh, 100%. Me alone. Uh, you are putting in as much time on speed as, as anyone. I would estimate I've seen speed 50 times. <laughs> yeah, I had it on VHS. Yeah. Watched a lot. <laughs> well, I don't actually remember if I saw it in theaters, which is the weird thing. Oh, really? Because we've never seen speed in theaters, right? It's no. never like come up as like an old movie. I just, I don't know. We didn't go to the movies that much because it was like all the movies were so far away. And so I don't really remember seeing much of anything in theaters. So I don't know when I saw Speed for the first time. What was but, the closest movie theater to you? Binghamton? There was one in Sydney, but it only had one screen. Oh. And we just didn't go a lot. Like, I don't know. Yeah. We just didn't. And when we did go, we would usually go to Oneana or Binghamton. Yeah. Did And Sydney, did they like, did they swap movies out every week or was it like something would play there for months? I think it would play there for a while, but I don't really remember. Yeah. Um, like when I was a teenager, we would go, but I like, or I would go with my friends, but like I would have been what, 11. So I don't really see my parents taking me to see speed. They, they're not big movie people. So and like, that's an R rated movie. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like it as you're watching it. Cause 
Oh there's, yeah, has the F word a lot in there's it? There's a couple F words in there. Yeah. Like I was thinking that last night, like as it started, I was like, I wonder I couldn't remember if this was a PG thirteen or an R, because like there's nothing the violence isn't super extreme until the end. And then there's no sex or anything like that. It's not that kind of movie. But no. there, the F word does pop up a couple of times. It's yeah. an odd choice, too, because I think you could have cut those out and got a PG-13 pretty easy. Totally. So if I had to guess, I would say I saw it on HBO oh. and then and then bought it on, on VHS when yeah. I was like a few years later. No, I think the only time I've seen it in theaters was in 94. Yeah. And I saw I, I think I only saw it the once. But but I mean, come on. It's it's yeah. such a great cinema movie. So oh. how did we get around to that? Oh, we were talking about your Keanu Reeves face. Yeah. Keanu Reeves and I have the same birthday. Sure do. I can name like 15 people who have my birthday, but it's that, you know, I would say that's about as interesting podcast wise as you just trying to think of Richard Schiff's face, <laughs> which we've already covered here today. We have. Sorry, yeah. friends. Anything else? Do you have any other speed tidbits? Go watch it if you haven't seen it. <laughs> Is there anybody who hasn't seen speed at this point? I mean, maybe I just, I have too much faith in, a younger generation who honestly is not listening to this. Yeah. So. I mean, I just discovered I have a coworker who's never seen Titanic. I don't even what? know how that's possible. Yeah. That doesn't. She's much younger than I am, but like I assigned her Titanic and she's like, yeah, I know. So yeah. it, it was, I was so amazed that she, she told me that fact. And then I went and put it on the big like group chat that we have so that everyone could shame her for having not seen Titanic. Was that your same friend who didn't realize cheers was a thing, but knew what Frasier was <laughs> different friend, but, ah. uh, but about the same age. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. That's it's tragic. It's tragic. Uh, well, all right. I think we covered it. I think that that gives you, that's your dealer's choice on speed. And uh, I think that, uh, that really is pretty comprehensive look. Yeah, it was great. Thank you for coming with me on this journey. I have loved talking about the greatest movie of all time, Jan de Bont's masterpiece, Speed. Fantastic. I mean, thanks for tuning in, everybody. This is as good as we could have done You're Speed welcome. while we're on vacation in the Chicago suburbs. Just to kill time before we get in the hot tub. Is it hot tub time? It's hot tub time. Let's do this. Thanks, everybody. Hey. This has been It Happened One Year. Please take a minute to rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever they allow ratings. Please follow us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, follow us on all relevant social media. Thanks.